I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. So it's 13 days away from Scotland against the Czech Republic at the Euros. Stevie Clark and his team... Warming up tomorrow night against the Netherlands. That's going to be some warm-up as well. Midfielder John Fleck has tested positive for COVID-19 and he's isolating. Everyone else is okay. Chris Burke has worn that Scotland jersey. Uh, What is your state of excitement, Chris? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, It's that crunch time now, isn't it, Rob? Where we look to see what sort of formations... Um, does he change them when the the games to come? Uh, we've got inclusions of you know a couple of younger players now into the squad. Does he add them in in the, ne- the next two games to see how they can cope, or does he keep it the same? Um, well, you're going to have to answer all those questions <laughs> because you're going to be picking your team uh, before this no program is out. It's nearly a hundred days since Neil Lennon parted company with Celtic. Most of that time, it seemed like Eddie Howe was the new gaffer. That all fell apart on Friday. Angie Postikoglu, easy for me to say, is now the name on everyone's lips, even if we struggle a bit with the pronunciation. Celtic fans are worried, John Hartson, about the second choice that uh, most of them haven't heard of before. Well, I've got to say, I agree with them. Listen, no disrespect to Ange Postikoglu. Yes, well, exactly him. Yeah, Postikoglu. Uh, but, you know, he comes with some raving reports. Uh, the way people have spoken about him, uh, disciplinarian, plays front foot attacking football. Sounds great if you're going to manage Celtic. But I, I look at the situation, I think, you know, he's he's managed the younger teams. Australia has managed the national side, currently managing in Japan. And I just think Celtic need to be bigger. They need to be thinking bigger in terms of appointing uh, their next manager disbelief when I heard about Eddie Howe couldn't believe what happened there we're going to talk I've got my thoughts about what, what I feel may have happened there where the talks uh, broke down but um, as I said Celtic should be looking bigger Celtic is a global job they have to react uh, you know they, they are the team at the minute doing the chasing um, they have to respond better uh, than what they are so as a football club I can understand the uh, the fans frustrations uh, the Celtic fans frustrations not not a lot of announcements other than the one that Eddie has not taken the job. Other than that, it's been a it's been a really dead quiet sort of uh, back end of the end of the season for them. Really, I want to, I want to hear more. I want more excitement as a fan. Do you fully blame the Celtic board for that, or do you think Eddie Howe has to take some responsibility for that as well, John? Because it just seems to me that Celtic have done everything they can to get Eddie Howe everything they can in the past months. That's why it's been quiet. And then all of a sudden, there's a change in something there. Um, I don't see that being a Celtic's stumbling block. Is that maybe Eddie Howe's stumbling block? Well, listen, Chris, it's a good point uh, that you're making, but do we know that Celtic have done everything they can to get Eddie Howe? How, how do we know that? Eddie Howe might have come in and said, I want this. I want to bring seven or eight staff I want to bring some of the trusted staff that I had for Bournemouth. Um, 
that costs money. Staff, uh, you know, as, as they want sports science, they want to bring in their own physios, their own scouts, their own director of football. So, is is it a situation where Eddie Howe has priced himself and priced his team, priced his team out of contention? Would Celtic match Eddie's ambition in terms of the team that he wanted to bring in? Mm-hmm. He might have said, "Look, I want this player. He's going to cost us twenty million." David Desmond, I want this player. I want to hold on to this player. We don't know whether Celtic did everything in their power to get Eddie Howe overboard. We we are not party to them discussions. Well, there's not much communication going on, is there? I mean, there are going to be lots of big questions to be asked because you can lay however much responsibility you want at Eddie Howe's door in all of this, Chris, but ultimately the Celtic fans aren't really caring now about Eddie Howe. That, that ship has sailed, hasn't yeah. it? And it's all about Celtic's dealings here and the fact that it's more than three months since Neil Lennon departed, and also the fact that uh, when it was going to be Eddie Howe, John, um, you know, everyone sort of kind of thought, we were all thinking, well, there's going to be lots going on in the background here, despite the fact he hasn't been announced, and we kind of know, we think we know the reasons that he hasn't been announced. So the fact that it's not him means nothing has happened. We're into June now, and do Celtic have a head of recruitment? Who's heading up that department? No director of football, no head coach yet. So one would imagine not too much happening in the way of player recruitment. I wouldn't have thought so. You uh, at this moment in time, it'll be Dominic Mackay, it'll be one or two of the of the hierarchy um, uh, major shareholders, one or two of the directors, Peter Lowell, and John Kennedy. These people will be part of discussions now. John will. John is still interim manager. John is still, although they're actively looking for a new manager. John Kennedy will be discussing. They need somebody at the helm. Yeah, he will be discussing the pre-season right now because the plan is for John to stay at the football club, and uh, rightly so. They have to have somebody. And um, Celtic, if they really wanted Eddie Howe, they should have gone out all guns blazing, made sure they got him over the line by hook or by crook. If they really, really wanted this guy, so I'm not too sure. Yes, he was somebody that came into the fray. They'd had talks, but I heard Nicky Butt had talks. I heard other people had talks. Eddie Howe would have impressed them because of his time in the Premier League. Um, but for me, as I said, it, it's just become a little bit of a... Um, it's frustrating. It really is frustrating because, yes, they'd be currently uh, on the lock now for, for this uh, Ange um, I keep saying can, can we just call him Ange just yes let's call him Ange yeah for Ange um, and again you know please don't tell me Rob they're announcing it next week please don't tell me they're announcing Ange tomorrow because that's all we heard for the best part of six weeks Eddie Howe's getting announced tomorrow Eddie Howe is getting announced next week oh there's a problem there's a problem he's still being paid by Bournemouth Bournemouth are in the playoff finals. They may well go to, through to the... Who's telling us this? Who knows this information? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, for me, it's a little bit of a mess. I think it's frustrations. Um, and I hope if it is if it is, Ange, personally, he might be fantastic. He might do a brilliant job. Um, but I just put my own personal view is... They should be going bigger. They should be going bigger. They're a global club. They've got to respond. The club has money. The club has assets. And for me, they should be going bigger. 
having lost out to a premiership manager in Eddie Howe, they should be going bigger in terms of being in the market for the best managers out there. How do you know, though, that Eddie Howe's, you know, going to be a success if he did go there? We don't, Because we don't, Costa Coglu, even Pep Guardiola said it himself, he's one of the top 10 coaches in the mm-hmm. world. Um, and that's Pep Guardiola saying mm-hmm. that. Um, when listening to Craig Moore last night, he spoke very highly of him. Yep. Very highly. Um, obviously, great communicator, demands from the group, he always keeps you on your toes. Um, great on the training field, demands results as well as performances. And I think if the way you look at it now, I think there's one thing Celtic probably need is to concentrate on performances and a style of football first, and then winning will come. And then you can measure winning, losing and drawing when you know what the performances are going to be in the pitch. What about, sort- what what about, what about sorting out the squad? Yeah, he has to do that as well. And but people say though, Eddie Howe had, there's no much about Scotland just as much as no, I but would I'm, say I'm, 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 but, but I'm talking time here Chris I'm, I'm talking how much time is available how much time has been lost yeah listen there has been loads of time lost I'm sure Celtic this isn't ideal um, I'm sure they wanted their main priority was Eddie Howe they wanted him in earlier he's obviously said to him I need more time I need to get my staff whatever it is it's not happened and now they just have to get the next appointment probably as quickly as he can, but make sure it's the right one. I, I think in the background they did have Postacoglu in case well Eddie done. Howe. Thanks very well much. Well done. I, that's, I, I think that's the best attempt at it so far. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but I, just to finish on it, I think Eddie Howe, it was their main priority. Postacoglu was always a plan B because they maybe thought in the back of their mind maybe he won't agree to anything. Okay, we will come back to that subject, no doubt about it. And uh, it's something presumably you want to talk about as well on the show. 0808 17 17 700. If you want to join the football chat tonight, uh, 87474 on the text and at Go Football Show on the socials. In terms of Scotland, obviously talking a lot about Scotland on the show uh, tonight, uh, John Fleck has tested positive for COVID-19 and he is in isolation and here's the Scotland gaffer Stevie Clark. Well looking at the, the information that we've got and relying on the, the doctors for the medical opinion 90% sure that John brought it into the camp it, it came with him so it's just one of those things we know the we know the state of the, the world at the moment with the pandemic and we just have to deal with it as as other countries might have to deal with it as well. He'll be in isolation until he returns a couple of negative tests. We'll be testing every day with John and waiting for him to return a few negative tests. For everyone else, it's just carry on as normal and, and continue the good work. The, the thing I don't want to do is I don't want this isolated case to sort of overshadow the, the good work that we've done. We've had good preparation. The training's been fantastic. The boys are in a great place. And we're looking forward to the game tomorrow night. It's worrying, Chris, isn't it, to, to hear this? I mean, obviously, everyone else has been retested uh, and those tests have been negative and John Fleck is in isolation and the probability or the, the near certainty is that he brought it with him rather yeah. than uh, contracted it while he was in the, the Scotland training camp. But it just underlines that this is one massive variable that can crop up in the course of the competition, not just for Scotland, but for anyone going to be a huge challenge I think in this Euros I don't think it'll be the first case I think it'll be first of many John I'm not sure if you think the same yeah. um, it's just I feel hope, feel for, for Fleck I don't know how much he'll miss of the camp but hopefully he's okay and he gets back to full fitness as quickly as he can and get back with the squad 
Um, and it's just interesting to see what will happen um, in, the, in this Euros, John. I, I, I think this could be a common theme. Um, I'm not sure about you, you know, and you just hope it doesn't put a dampener on any team's progression in the competition. No, but what what you do is you act swiftly, like Steve Clark and and the um, and the medical people have done that with Scotland with the national team, and you look after him. You keep him in isolated situations away from the rest of the group. Uh, this could happen with Wales. It could happen with England. And I think you're right. I think um, there will be other other players that will that will maybe test positive, and uh, you deal with it swiftly as. As Steve Clark has done there, you'll keep him away from the team until he can come back back with a couple of negative tests. I would imagine Holland may be a bit early for it might just leave him out of the Holland game. Yeah, well he has he won't feature tomorrow in tomorrow yeah, night. Yeah. But but maybe he comes back into contention for Sunday. I'm not sure how, how how long the isolation process is. And it seems certainly according to Stevie Clark, as if Fleck himself is okay. He's fine. No symptoms. So hopefully Obviously, he's got to isolate for a few days now, so we'll keep an eye on him. Uh, we'll look after him, as we do with everybody. Hopefully, it stops there. But from a football point of view, it's a real blow to John Fleck, isn't it? Because these these games, if he does miss these two games, and I guess there's a fair chance he does miss both, uh, these would have been his opportunity of getting some game time and knocking on Stevie Clark's door and saying, hey, gaffer, uh, put me in. Yeah, he's not had any, any luck as of late. He goes away with the national team a lot. He's an ever-present, even though he doesn't play that much, Rob, so that's credit to him. Um, he obviously creates that good, healthy environment within the group. And then he finds out that he's tested positive, which is another dampener on for him, you know, a little blow for him. But hopefully um, he gets back in time and he still enjoys um, the success that hopefully Scotland will have. And he can chap on the door. And whenever asked um, to step on on that field for Scotland, he always does well for the for the... For the countries, he's definitely a, a I would see as a underrated player for the, for the national team. One player who will certainly be featuring in that Scotland midfield, hopefully injury permitting, is Manchester United. Scott McTominay, what a performance from him in the Europa League final. Man, you lost, of course, to to Villarreal, uh, but he was a standout. There was one player on the pitch that didn't deserve to be on the losing team. It was Scott McTominay. Outstanding. He's had a few days break now. He'll join up with the squad when we get to Portugal, him and Billy Gilmer. And it'll be good to get them on board in terms of thoughts for the, the tournament. As Scott's performance in midfield for Man United didn't surprise me. Didn't really change the way I think about Scott as a player. I know he can play as one of the central defenders if we need to prove that. And I know also that he can be a fantastic player for us in midfield. So what a good player to have in your squad. You've obviously, uh, for years, John, had, uh, had Gareth Bale in the Welsh national team who's a, who's a superstar who can win games for you on his own. Scott McTominay's not going to do that, but he's operating at a really good level, isn't he? And if he stands out with uh, Bruno Fernandes on one side of him and Paul Pogba on the other, it is saying something, isn't it? Well, it is, and he was outstanding, wasn't he, in the uh, Europa League final. Shame for him. Um, that they come off, he come off on a, on the losing side because that would have given him great confidence to come away with a European trophy. Uh, he'd have took that into um, into the into the Scotland group, of course. Um, but no, it it does make a difference if you've got quality players within your ranks, players playing at the highest level. You know, we've spoken about Andy Robertson as well playing within Champions Leagues at at Liverpool on the very very top of his game. Certainly last season, Andy would probably admit that this season. He's not hit the heights, you know. Although they got the top four, which was important for them as a club, um, 
And you probably want more of these players. You're look, looking over the years at the, the some of the Scotland greats that you you had, mm. you know. And you you need you need them type of players. You know, you look at previously when I was playing with Wales, you had the likes of Gary Speed playing in the Premier League. God rest his soul. Players like Mark Hughes, Rush, mm. you know, people like this, Giggs, of course, Bellamy. So we've been blessed with with really really good players. And yep. obviously now you mentioned Bale, but also you got Aaron Ramsey at Juventus. Um, you've got the young boy Daniel James at Manchester United, you know, Dave Brooks, Harry Wilson, these guys. So you need quality players to win international yeah. football matches. And Scotland now have more in this group, obviously, they've qualified than in previous years. And but it's not just performances either, Rob, it's what you do off the field as well in the group. Um, that demand of the, the group is standard in each day. You know, they're, they're playing with top, top players every day and obviously. Tr- um, Playing in games at the top level, so they, they they help the other players to to be as best as they can be. Stevie Clark mentioned uh, Billy Gilmore there as well, uh, who didn't feature for Chelsea, but he was on the bench. He was part of that squad. He is he has got that quality of player yeah. around him. He is developing at a rate of knots, and I guess he's going to be putting a bit of pressure on Callum McGregor, isn't he, for that position uh, alongside Scott McTominay in the central midfield area. Well, I think that's why he's been brought in, you know, to challenge the group. And I heard the manager speak about he's he's came over his knee injury now. He started to get a little bit more game time. And then that's when Steve Clark included him into the squad at a time when it's important to the group that everybody challenges each other. Everybody argues over Billy Gilmore and Callum McGregor and who should play. For me, I still think Callum should be playing. Um, we don't really know yet what Billy's offered to the, to the group because... He's not played yet. Um, he's only still played at 21 level, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, so you, you, you can't really put that much pressure on him straight away, although I think he could deal with it, yeah. uh, Rob. And that's great, as John just said. You know, you've got McTominay playing at the highest level. We've got Andy Robertson winning the Champions League. You know, you've got... Tierney, Tierney McGinn. as well. You've got McGinn, who probably get a move in the summer, or arguably be, be getting talked about a move in the summer, and another top, top team. Yeah. So we have an abundance of top players um, as well as Wales as John's told me obviously he's thought that Wales might go further than Scotland we could argue about yeah. that later yeah well yeah exactly <laughs> enough, <laughs> enough of that uh, you will be red carded with any more talk of that uh, John Hartson um, yeah so tomorrow night for Scotland against the Netherlands in Portugal warming up then it's Luxembourg then it's real thing Scotland against the Czech Republic at Hamden, 13 days away. The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. It's the Tuesday edition of the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Rob McLean has the company of Chris Burke, former Scotland winger, of course, a Welsh legend, Celtic legend, John Harson, he's probably quite a few other legends as well, but we're not going to go into that at this stage. Uh, Chris Burke, of course, uh, Kilmarnock winger as well. Kilmarnock on the way down to the championship. We're going to have to deal very sensitively with him in the course mm-hmm. of the next hour and a half. We will get to that. We're just uh, seeing some breaking news appearing on the screen alongside us in the studio, and it's telling us, we were just speaking about Andy Robertson now and how his performances have gone down naturally because Liverpool's performances for the bulk of uh, this season just gone 
have uh, gone in a downwards direction from a very high level, it would have to be said. Trent Alexander-Arnold, the right back on the other side of the Liverpool defence, has been retained in the England squad, which Scotland, of course, will come up against on the 18th of this month. Uh, So Alexander-Arnold is in as Gareth Southgate axes some of the names he originally picked because he picked uh, 33 names, didn't he, originally? Now it's down to 26. This has just happened. Uh, And Trent Alexander-Arnold is in that uh, squad. And I think a lot of people, John, were expecting that that he would would make way. Well, there's other right-backs in there. You know, there's, there's competition there. You know, Kyle Walker... Kieran Trippier, who's just won the uh, uh, La Liga with uh, with with Atletico Madrid, so yeah. obviously his game has got better in the previous twelve months. Yeah, I'm I'm just trying to think. Uh, Jordan Henderson has been announced. A lot of people are worried about Jordan Henderson hadn't been featuring with his injuries. Phil Foden is in there. Jack Grealish again, a player who hasn't been featuring for Aston Villa. He goes. Um, so I, I would imagine. You know, Joe Bellingham, Trent Alexander are both in, so yeah. they've got a strong squad anyway, England. But uh, it's a it's a it's a big moment, of course. I've never played in a major tournament, but I would imagine. So I I feel for the ones that have been left out yeah. because they they'd be obviously sitting at home devastated, um, and the ones that are going, you know, will be absolutely flying right now. Looks like Lingard's missed out as well, and what a season he's yeah. had since he went to West Ham. He could have done no more. Um, Maybe just, just too late in the day, but then... You but know. then you've got four right-backs, I think, going with the squad, if you oh. not. Is it Trippier, Trent, uh, uh, don't you know how to say his name, Trent. Well, he's Trippier, three on his own, isn't he? James and... Reece James, Chelsea, yeah. Yeah. Walker, Trippier, Walker as well. Alexander, Arnold, yeah, four yeah, right-backs. James. There are some scary names uh, <laughs> yeah, there is. in that squad. I mean, you mentioned Phil Foden, uh, he's one, and, you know, he, he maybe didn't produce his best, Man City didn't produce their best in the in the Champions League final. But he is a he is a major talent, and I yes. and I do have recurring nightmares about about how Scotland are going to deal with with somebody like him when he comes running at you with the ball. When you've got geniuses like that, you know it's hard to stop, no matter what you do, Rob. Um, unless you stick someone on him, just tell me for him about the pitch. But then you've got other players that can just hurt you as well. You've got him, and you've got I think Grealish has made the squad as well. So yeah, um, he's another one that can just you know change the game in a split second. Uh, Foden's come on leaps and bounds and it just shows you what patience happens when you when you trust a manager you know Pep Guardiola was questioned a lot about Foden not playing him um, should they have went out and loan but it just shows you now the, the rewards the, the, the boy is reaping and I, I think Barry always talks about him every single every single show <laughs> but he's, he's true in what he says you know I think he could be possibly the best player in the world in years to come because he is that good I've not heard yet, Chris. England have just won the European Championship, you know, didn't you? No? Oh, they've <laughs> won it, yeah. They've already got it, yeah. All oh, right, OK. Yeah. Well, the press wrote it. But <laughs> yeah. it's always the way, isn't it? They always get built up to do brilliantly well and to wipe the floor with everybody. We become used to it, don't we? Oh, we become used to it. I've seen the other week, I fancy Scotland to go to, to go to Wembley and beat them. I really do. Uh, England, all the pressure will yeah, be on yeah. England. Everybody would expect England to... To beat Scotland at Wembley, uh, I think you've beat them before a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Don Hutchinson with it, when he got up. Mm-hmm. It was nineteen. It was nineteen ninety nine. Don't matter. Beat no, them no. many a times. Even before yeah. then, you beat them. I don't think the Scotland players will have much fear. Well, there was the famous Lee Griffiths game, obviously, when he slapped in those two free kicks and Harry Kane equalised later on. Craig so, Gordon's but, nailed to his line. Yeah, he's got to come for that. Yeah. Yeah, it was a mistake as well. From Stuart, I think Stuart Armstrong, Armstrong lost well. the ball. Goalkeeper's got come, man. 
goalkeeper's got to come. Harry Kane sort of hang in the air for about three, three or four seconds. Keeper's got to come there, rescue yeah. Griff. Griff, imagine that. Two goals against England, winning two goals. Magnificent. I anyway, I want to take you back to what you just said. Mm. Uh, you reckon Scotland can beat England at Wembley? <laughs> I do. Yes, I do, yeah. And I think England will be uh, nervous. I think there'll be an incredible atmosphere there. Um, Scotland will have 50,000 fans outside the stadium, uh, as many as whatever they can get in there. They will travel in their droves and uh, they'll make it a really difficult night for England. As I said, the pressure's on England. Scotland can sit back slightly, soak it up. And with the likes of Che Adams and uh, whoever it may be, Lyndon Dykes, uh, you know, McGinn. And, uh, these England players will have a lot yeah. of respect for the Scotland players, by the way. They won't just dismiss it and say, well, the press and the crowd will think it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a non-entity yeah. for England to go and win. But listen, I think the Scotland players will have a lot of belief. I think Steve Clark will get them right up for the game. They'll they'll prepare properly, and I think they can go and beat England. I really do. It's a it's it's a good position for Scotland to be in, isn't it? The England game because you know what you're up against. You know that you're the underdogs, and you can actually enjoy and make the most of that, Chris, can't you? That position which Scotland know pretty well. Yeah, you're right, and John's nailed it in the head. You know, the, I think the pressure's all on England. They're expected to win. You're at Wembley. There's loads of fans, and if they've not scored early on, you know what it's like. You know the pressure that they'll be demanding because, as you said, they already think they've won it. Um, but they have probably, arguably, got the best group um, in the competition. You know, so they should be going far. So that's one thing I think Steve Clark and the group will used to their advantage and I know for a fact they'll still be getting confident that they can get a result because the longer they keep it um, 0-0 or 1-1 or whatever it is they'll have a chance of you know nicking a goal they can I think counter-attacking football will, will work well against a team like England because uh, with the amount of players that they've got England they'll be looking to dominate the ball but it's what you do with it the English media have been doing it, uh, to be fair, since 1966. So they've had plenty of, of practice and talking their team up. And uh, since then, it's never really quite happened for them. Let's hope it doesn't happen for them uh, in particular in the game against Scotland on the 18th. Uh, lots to uh, talk about, re-Scotland. Uh, we're going to be putting together what we reckon. Uh, between us is the Scotland team maybe thinking about tomorrow night and what that lineup is going to be because uh, Stevie Clark is looking ahead to the serious stuff um, so doesn't want anyone injured but also wants to try things out and get things right ahead of those uh, big games as well but I want to speak uh, right now Chris um, I'm, I'm going to uh, intrude on private grief here and uh, maybe not so private grief that uh, Premiership playoff final um, Kilmarnock were murder uh, to be honest yeah. and I'm sure, I'm sure you'll agree with that as well Um Losing um, pretty comprehensively to to Dundee, and and I know you, you you were down, you were really down about it. How how badly did that did it affect you? Well, it just didn't affect me. It affected the whole football club, and it affected the the fans who have been fans for a long time since I've been one. So they're hurting a lot more than me, you know. They, and especially when they know they can't affect it, you know. I could have affected I could have affected the game, and I never affected the game like. The whole group could probably say in that changing room. I think the one thing is, is you're right, Rob. I think we were really disappointed in how we performed over the two games. Um, you know, losing the, the the early goal in the first leg and early goal in the second leg. You know, it kind of threw us back a bit. And 
Dundee grew from then um, and credit to them you know you sometimes you have to give credit to the other team they were the underdogs um, and they used that to their advantage you know all the pressure was on us and and uh, if you can't argue to say that you know Dundee deserved to be playing in the Premier League you know over the two games and it was a real head scratcher wasn't it because you can be you could almost accept the fact that you were pretty awful in the first game at Dens, but actually you escaped with two one a two one defeat, which again it could have been, I think it could have been worse for you off the back of that game. You started really well in the first five minutes, I thought at Rugby Park, looked as if you were going to make, create things, then you conceded a terrible goal mm-hmm. and and just crumbled. That's the thing, you know. I think we started the both games really well. We started in the front foot. And goals change games, you know, especially the first goal. You know, a first goal is crucial. Um, and it just gave them confidence and belief, especially the second the second leg. I think that's probably one thing we're disappointed in because if you look at the course of the season, our home form was quite good, our home form. Um, but our away form was poor. You know, I think we had 14 losses and only one draw in the league, you know, and that's not good enough um, away from home. You need to pick up points. And if you really look at, I think, the league... Nine points separated us from sixth place. So even if you pick up a win, John, or even a couple of draws away from home, um, you could effectively be sixth place. That's how fine margins are in football. Yeah. Us as a group um, this season haven't been good enough and we have to take responsibility. And I think, you know, probably I heard something saying we lost 20 points from winning positions. And that's probably what we didn't do the seasons before. Um, we always, you know, if we didn't win the match, we made sure we drew the match. And I think we had something like six draws in the whole season, which effectively got us probably relegated, Rob, if I'm honest. Um, so we just have to take it um, as it comes now. We have to move on from life. You know, I've had had my sulk, had my feeling sorry for myself, but you have to move on. Um, it's obviously difficult to do, but it's part of learning, part of growing up. And I'm no matter what, Kamalak, I know for a fact will bounce back from this. Um, they're a strong group. They've got a, a great manager as well. You know, I, I, I work I work well with him. I think he's fantastic. Um, so and he's going to recruit well as well. So they're definitely a team that in the championship now that's probably looked at as a cup final for every team, uh, like Hearts did. And that's yeah. going to be a new challenge for the group because everybody's going to want to beat Kilmarnock. But in the same turn. Uh, we're looking to obviously bounce back It's an automatic assumption to make isn't it that the the team relegated um, especially a team like Kilmarnock who've been 28 years in the top flight that's that's their level that's what they've been used to that they will bounce straight back and and I guess there'll be many people's favourites even already John to, to, be, to be coming back up but you have to have the right approach you have to have the right sort of players as well hungry uh, determined that you do bounce straight back because there's loads of competition in that league. We know how tough it can be in the championship. It's no foregone conclusion that Kilmarnock are going to come straight back up. I think they could do worse than have a look at their hearts. I've done it this season under Robbie Nielsen. All right, they're still not happy, some fans, with Robbie Nielsen, but he's absolutely, you know, canted to the title. Um, and, you know, he's been able to add one or two, keep one or two of the good players that they already had. Um, They've been competitive. You look at Dunfermline and and other teams that in and around, you know, um, that, that sort of top of the, the championship is going to be very difficult. Kilmarnock will start favourites, no doubt, in the league. But just want to go back to the game, Chris, a little bit, you know, your playoff game. Um, Kyle Lafferty, who's been instrumental for you since arriving, just had 
probably for me his quietest night in a Kilmarnock shirt. Mm-hmm. He just didn't have his shooting boots on. Everything just kept getting away from him. He was stretching. Maybe he thought, you know, going into it, this is my night. Loves to play on the big stage. Kylie, you know, played scored goals. For Did he get enough service? Uh, he's probably starved of a bit of service, but on another day, one or two balls you would have whipped in for him. He'd have made a different run, or you know, he'd have peeled off a defender's shoulder and come across a defender and scored. And you need your big players on yeah. a night like that. But the start you made, you go two goals down, you're four one down mm-hmm. in the tie, and you needed to get one back. You know exactly what I'm saying. Just before half time, mm. just to make a bit of a fist of it. To go in 45 minutes, half-time, and you've still, you know, yeah. you, you haven't quite got that. You haven't got a goal yet on the night. You've got nothing for your fans to cheer about, yeah. if you like. And uh, it, yeah, it was just, a, it was a it bad just, night for the fans to be back to be for a Kilmarnock, wasn't it? Everything inspired to go against you. Yeah, it That's was. You're saying, right. Mate, yeah. yeah, you're right. It just, no, things didn't fall for us. When it should, when normally it does fall, if mm. you haven't fell for for them, but that's taking nothing away from Dundee. Um, all you said, obviously, about Kyle Lafferty has been so instrumental for us mm-hmm. and scored a lot of important goals for us. Um, and you said, obviously, it was quiet in the two games, but I think Dundee have to take credit for that. You know the tactics. Um, oh, James, yeah. James McPake has to because obviously they've they've recognised that and says how can we stop that supply going to Kyle Lafferty um, how can we make it difficult for him um, and then obviously you're relying on other players to, to deliver like myself which I never I was probably the quietest I've ever been in the two games you know I was starved of the ball as well um, and I think Dundee again the, the way they went about it was great and, and sometimes it is about you know not just luck in football, but they 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 done really well in the game, and you can't. Sometimes you just have to hold your hands up and say they deserve to win the match. The two goals uh, that you conceded, John, that you wondered you were talking about, that made it four-one on aggregate were absolute shockers, weren't they? Because it was a, a long ball lumped up by Charlie Adam, which two central defenders couldn't deal with, and then they were tripping over each other in the six-yard box as That's Lee right. Ashcroft had a had a free header. And at that point, I mean, yeah, you know, if Kilmarnock get a goal at that stage. Maybe, maybe it could be they could come back. Otherwise, mission impossible at four one down. Well, we all showed Kilmarnock the ultimate respect. We we were all in here the night before or the night after. We we all, we all fancied Kilmarnock at home. No disrespect, mm-hmm. Dundee had done really well to take the lead to Kilmarnock in the second leg. But we all thought with with the front players that you yeah, have yeah. and um, for Danny Mullen to go through the first is great finish from him. And then big Ashcroft, how can you not mark somebody in the six-yard boxes? It's Sunday league defending. You can weigh it up as much as you like. Kilmarnock probably didn't deserve to stay up on, on that particular performance. But you look at the impact John Hughes made at Ross County, they managed to win and get away a little bit. Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Tommy Wright come in at Kilmarnock. Yep. And, and maybe this didn't quite get the same impact yeah. as, as a John Hughes got, you know. But it was very, very tight at the end, wasn't yeah, it? it was very, it's very fine close. margins, yeah, honestly. Yeah, it's fine margins. So oh. many fine margins. I hope football. you weren't coming in here to enjoy yourself, by the way. Ah, no, no, it's fine. Yeah. I, I've tried to forget about it for a, for a, a week now and got all my life. <laughs> we just bring it back you. up, it's yeah. fine. But no, I mean, it, but you use these things, don't you? It's yeah. painful. It's got to be painful. It's got to hurt. And 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 that can turn into to a positive in terms of Kilmarnock turning things around. And there's obviously going to be a big change around in the squad. Mm. Oh, no, definitely. I said that to the group after the game. You know, you can use this as a negative in your life, and you know, you could you could go down with a whimper um, and not take confidence. You know, your whole career after this, these two matches, but or else you can bounce back and be a 
a man, be a better person and, and use this experience to, to make you a better player in the future. Um, here's, this, a, here's a couple of pluses for you. Um, Ewan Murray, as you know, uh, yeah. assigned today that from Dunfermline. Yeah, Dunfermline, yeah. He, he was pretty much Dunfermline's player of the year, yeah. I, would, I would have thought. And he scored Def- a couple against us when we played um, Dunfermline, beat us 3-0 in the, bet, in the Betfred Cup, I think. That's yeah. the cup. And, and also a thousand season tickets sold already, uh, which, which which is apparently the quickest quickest ever. You know, which well, uh, the, back, spe- the, the, the one thing the fans do is they back the back the, the team. You know, they back the manager and the board back the manager as well. You seen it after the game; they said that they won't be changing the budget. Um, they're looking to bounce straight back, and they'll do whatever they can. To, to get the club back where it belongs. It's Chris Burke, it's John Hartson, it's Rob McLean talking football between now and seven. The Go Radio Football Show talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. The Go Radio Football Show on, uh, what day is it? Yeah, it's Tuesday, isn't it? Between now and seven, we're talking football. Rob McLean, Chris Burke, John Hartson are here and you if you want to join the chat on 0808 17 17 700. Uh, I was going to mention some breaking news as John Hartson held up a bit of paper in front of me but to be honest that's a story that I don't think is going to come to reality one that is and it's kind of grim reality although as Stevie Clark's been telling us already in the show um, you have to just uh, stay calm about um, the Covid outbreaks which uh, no doubt will splutter a little in the course of the these European Championship finals. Let's hope uh, that we're not talking Covid too much but certainly uh, midfielder John Fleck has tested positive today. That's been announced for Covid-19 at the Scotland uh, training base in Alicante. That's in Spain. The Sheffield United player will self-isolate and not travel for Wednesday's friendly. That's tomorrow night against the Netherlands in Portugal. The Scottish FA says the rest of the squad recorded negative results uh, after being retested. And as he's told us already on the show, Stevie Clark, uh, we just have to deal with it as other countries might have to deal with it as well. John's fine, no symptoms. We'll keep an eye on him, uh, looking after him as uh, we do, says Stevie Clark, with everybody. And hopefully it stops there. A team to be picked, of course, uh, for tomorrow night's game. And it's going to be a tough one, isn't it, uh, against the Netherlands. Then it's Luxembourg on Sunday, and then it's the real thing. Some of the players haven't played in four weeks. Premier League players have only you know, not played for a week. So we're all at different stages, but it's important to get games together. It's important to work what we're going to do. And playing against one of the, the favourites for the tournament, Holland, isn't going to be easy. But, you know, you want to test yourself against the best. And that's what we're doing. And then two good games to have, you know, that will get us going and really close to the, the kickoff against Czech Republic. So really important week coming up. And then we go full steam ahead into, into the group stages. That's Andy Robertson, of course, the captain. Uh, looking ahead, always speaks so well, doesn't he, Chris Buck? He does. Um, he speaks like a captain, doesn't he? Um, you can tell he's grown his character since his time at Dundee United or even can go back to that where he played for Queen's Park, I'm sure. Yep, and, and Celtic as, way, a, as a kid and, yep, came through the ranks. his way up and you can tell he's got great belief in himself. Yeah. Um, so no, he speaks very well. He's, 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 a, rep- he's a great representative of of a Scotland national team. Yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, it's going to be a tough one tomorrow night. But of course, John, it depends how you approach these games, uh, doesn't it? Um, friendlies, Luxembourg to come. That's a game that should be pretty comfortable for Scotland. Um, 
the Dutch, depending on how they approach it tomorrow night, that could be less than comfortable, uh, you would imagine, because it's... <laughs> I only... I mean, they haven't qualified for the last two major finals, the Dutch, which is really disappointing uh, when you think about the the standard of player they have. But it was when I looked through their squad today, uh, because I'm doing some commentary on the game tomorrow night, that I realised the likes of... uh, uh, De Ligt and uh, Daily Blind at the well, back. Matt, Frank, Vine, Frankie De Jong in yeah. the midfield. Memphis Depay. Uh, there's a lot. There's Wijnaldum. A lot. Yeah, you know, Wijnaldum. Goal. Yeah, um, yeah. So there's full of loads of quality there. What do you do? What does Stevie Clark do with a game like this tomorrow night? Well, I think Steve's got the. Um, he, he's he's got the situation where he'll want to try and use all his players uh, before the tournament. I think. Uh, and I think maybe, maybe tomorrow night you you might see the the team that that he's contemplating playing in in the first qualifier. It's against the Czech Republic, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Um, and then you might see a load of changes then against Luxembourg. He might mix and match. I th- I think initially your worries are that uh, players t- to not be naive and fly in for stupid challenges. Be wise in terms of your own professional uh, performances. Don't be lunging in and potentially getting injured. But how do you go into a game and say to yourself, mm. you've got to be competitive, you know, you've got to go through with tackles and things like this. But there's not much he can do as a manager. He just has to put his trust in the players. So he, uh, that's what I would potentially do. I think Wales tomorrow night against France will have to be reasonably strong because they play France yeah. away. And then Albania on Saturday then where he can give a few with the other squad players uh, I think at some stage, what I would do, of course, I've never managed, but what I would do is try and get, if it's possible, obviously John Fleck, we don't think John, no, John won't play start against the Czech Republic anyway, is try and get your team in place so you, in your mind, can get some sort of picture how that team looks in yeah. terms of that the, the team that um, Scotland will, will play you know, leading up to the the Czech Republic game. Where have your headphones gone, by the way? Have you oh, dispensed sorry. with them? No, yeah. I, just... the I, I thought no, it was just your new look. <laughs> no, no, it headphones. doesn't sound different when I talk, does it? it? No, 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 it didn't. No, I no, it's, no, you sounded, you a bit no, no, it just, yeah, just, I was just concerned that you might not be able to hear yourself. <laughs> and of course, you could hear yourself through your ears. To <laughs> be McTominay, um, he said meeting up later and Billy Gunn was meeting up later. I think, I think, Steve, what, what he said previously was um, that he would kind of leave it up to them uh, McTominay and Gilmore as to when they wanted to join up with mm-hmm. the squad and, and whether they wanted to feature uh, in, especially I would guess in this oh, first game sorry for some yeah, yeah but I've just seen that make play a factor then are they available for this game yeah I, th- like, I think they when are when did they meet up did they meet up I, later I'm sure so that might play a factor in his actual what he wants John for the game against Czech team. because they, they play, well, yeah. especially McTominay, he's the one yeah. who's been playing. So yeah. he might not feature, sorry, he may not start the match against Holland. So that might, you might have to wait to the Luxembourg match before you actually mm-hmm. see his team. Let's listen to your old gaffer speaking about the opposition tomorrow night. We wanted one game that would challenge us and certainly the, the Dutch game will challenge us. The, the Luxembourg game will challenge us in a different way. The way the Dutch play is, is not dissimilar to the style of play that certainly England and maybe a little bit Croatia will play as, as pot one or number one seeded teams. Should be a good workout for us in, in terms of the friendly and a good work, workout for us in terms of the games coming up in the tournament. There'll be plenty of deep thinking uh, from your old gaffer going into it anyway, Chris Buck, no doubt about that. Oh, he's a deep thinker. You know, he's, he's, he's got a great insight in football. He's... 
one that will plan ahead I think the way he's talking there and I, I thought this earlier before when coming in you know as much as we talk about the Czech game I think he'll also have an eye on the England game and what his squad will be for that so he might change personnel in the first game um, you know, it was interesting know. he mentioned England and he mentioned Croatia as well yeah. uh, that, that the opposition and the way the Dutch play tomorrow is going to give him some thoughts going mm-hmm. into both those uh, second and third group games yeah no, there's, there's a lot of thought process involved in that and that it will be interesting to see what the, he starts with. I, we could talk about this. I, I think he'll go with the team that played against Israel or similar to that. Um, I think every, the big talking point is McTominay, does he play central defence or does he play midfield? And for me, I think he's better drawn in midfield because he plays there for Manchester United. Mm-hmm. And I just think that because we can still play three centre-backs... Um, and if we're chasing the game we can push McTominay back to centre-back and play with a more attacking player minded uh, to put back into, to put into midfield if we're having to get a goal um, for, for to get a point in the match or, or something like that um, and then you can talk about who plays up top is it Dykes or Adams? They both have done really well especially Adams has done really well but then argument is can he play up with a two because yeah. he plays up with a two with Southampton um, Dykes is probably more of the lone striker so then who do you play behind him um, and then we can talk about McGinn where does he play because everybody wants him to play further forward yeah. but does he play there or does he sacrifice and play again a bit more defensively minded and put McGinn back one and then you know maybe add a Fraser Forrest or Christie who he, he, he loves Christie the one John. up with maybe one just floating in behind he does like Christie of course he's scored some big goals for him you know, um, I was just looking at the. This is the so this is the team that the, the game you're talking about the the game in Israel the one one draw uh, Scotland Marshall and goals uh, they had Hendry Hanley and Tierney as the defensive back three they'd O'Donnell and Robertson as the wing backs they'd McTominay and McGregor as the sitting midfielders with McGinn ahead and Fraser as well playing off Shea Adams as the yeah. main striker. You think tomorrow night's team will be along those lines, I think Chris? he'll be yeah. along those lines. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think he'll go, obviously, too up top. I don't think he'll go Shea Adams and Dykes. And like John said as well, you know, you don't want to play your two strikers and if one of them gets injured, you know, it minimises the risk of injury when you just play the one as well. Um, so I, I I really do think that it'll be similar, similar to that. Maybe one change or two max. I'm excited about Shea Adams, John, I must say, uh, operating at a really good level with Southampton uh, and he's already made an impact for Scotland. He's scored for Scotland uh, and you know, uh, as a as an international striker, how important it is, I guess, to get... You're going to tell me you got off the mark in your first game, aren't you? But, it, but, but it's <laughs> really important to... against Scotland, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Davey Weir, send it off. So, was it Trey Adams, yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah, I think, I think he's big, powerful, mobile, runs in behind... Um, you know, we can peel off the um, the centre half shoulder, great in the air, can go back stick. I think he's pretty much got yeah. everything. It's a, it's a great coup as well for you know for Scotland to have got him. Yeah. Um, and he, he can only add. I spoke earlier on about having quality players. He's playing at the highest level down in the uh, the English Premier League there. So against top opposition every week. Um, so hope for Scotland, he makes a big impact in the Euros. Yeah. There's always one that'll come from nowhere and do really, really well. And let's hope for Scotland, it's Jay Adams. It's all getting very exciting. 13 days to go. Scotland against the Czech Republic at the Euros. We have the news at six on the way, plus another hour of Talking Football. 
I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Go Radio and Macklin Motors Nissan are giving someone in Glasgow and the West the chance to win a brand new car. Go Radio. We love Glasgow. Charlene Spateri, Graham Spears, Snoop Doggy 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 Dog, Vicky Patterson and Will Young. Zero out of five. If you can identify the superstars, these people. the car could be yours. Register to play at thisisgo.co.uk then listen to Crofty and Grado at 8.10 tomorrow on Go Radio Breakfast with Macklin Motors Nissan. Book your appointment to discover the new Cash Kai. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. We're looking ahead to the European Football Championships, which are about to get underway 13 days away from Scotland's first game. Czech Republic, then it's England at Wembley, and then it's Croatia. Can Scotland pick up enough points to get out of that group stage? We're getting greedy, maybe, uh, qualifying for our first finals in 23 years. But why not? Why not be positive? Uh, we have uh, the wily Stevie Clark in charge who might have to wrestle with all sorts of issues and problems in the course of the tournament. Maybe all the national team managers will face the same sort of thing. You've got to have a plan A, you've got to have a plan B, and maybe beyond that as well. Stevie Clark today finding out, of course, uh, that John Fleck had tested positive for COVID-19. He is isolating at the moment. Everyone else in the squad has tested uh, negative. Yeah, I think we might even need to go beyond plan C. It's just to keep keep everything in perspective, you know, it's... It's, it's important, like I said before, that we, we think about what we've done in training, the, the things that we've worked on. We try to take that into the first friendly game. And we have to be a little bit reactive to, to certain situations, but there's no point in stressing about it. Certain situations you can't control. So if you can't control them, I've always, I've always been to try and look after what you can control. And we can control the lads in training, preparation for the matches, and hopefully a good performance tomorrow night against the Dutch. Stevie Clark is a man who clearly, Chris Burke, having worked under his management, keeps his feet firmly on the ground. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Um, obviously the media and would probably like a little bit more from him, but he creates that calmness, doesn't he? Um, and that's probably one of the main reasons why Scotland are where they are at this moment in time. Time where you might be under pressure, the time where you might you know, panic a little. You know, he doesn't do that. You know, he, he, he creates belief within the group, within the squad. Um, it just typifies, you know, what he's saying there with the outbreak of John Fleck. You know, he wants to keep that in the background. Um, he said he's already planned for that. Um, he keeps the mind games um, very, very to himself. Um, he's, he's, he's just a great character all round. Not just a great coach, great manager, but a great communicator and very methodical in his work. Yeah, and he will be telling everybody and has since taking charge and taking that job. Uh, no player goes into any game, it seems, without knowing in great detail about what they're going to be doing. All the players for all the positions, hopefully, whether they play in the, the friendly games or not, will understand their role within the team. 
that's, that's what we use these pre-camps for, is to make sure that everyone's ready. And hopefully most of them, if, if not all of them, will get at least some minutes in the, in the two friendly games, which will stand them in good stead for the tournament. So we're hearing from Stevie Clark on the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Uh, Rob McLean here, John Hartson, present and correct. Uh, Chris Burke as well. And John Hamilton joins us, who is a Scotland fan. Hi, John. Hi there. Hi, Rob. How are Hi, you doing? John. Hi, John. I'm good, mate. Looking forward to it. You're getting, for you getting excited. Yes, I am. Yeah, I think we all are, to be honest. Um, and what are you thinking do about you think, the, the game tomorrow I don't night? Know, do you think you might play tomorrow? Yeah, well, we, we, funnily enough, while the while the news was on, we were obviously listening to the news as well, but we were also talking about just that, uh, about whether uh, it would be the time to to give a Billy Gilmore if he's ready, of course, or or a David Turnbull an outing, but but it's uh, it's tough opposition uh, tomorrow night. And we've heard from him already talking about how he sees the game as a preparation, Chris, yep. uh, for some of these games to come. Well, he just spoke there as well. You know, everybody will know their roles within the group. So I think, you know, John, you will see Turnbull. And I think Aye. you'll see John Turnbull come on for him again. Um, or and a player behind um, the front the front player of Dykes or Adams. I think that's what you'll see. Uh, I don't know if you'll see it against the Holland match or the Luxembourg match. I'm not sure. But you are completely right, John. I think you'll see, you know, Turnbull. I think you'll see Gilmore. Maybe Gilmore will come off for... You know, McGregor, um, like for like, um, looks like that anyway. Um, and that's the way Steve Clark approaches his 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 coaching sessions, you know. You know, everybody knows their roles. It, stri- it strikes me, John, that, that you yeah. throw anything at David Turnbull and he snaps it up. The, the bigger the challenge, the better for him. I mean, it took him a while to get into the Celtic team. Uh when he got into it, there was no taking him back out of it. No, I mean I'm a Celtic fan and it was the best player on the park for Celtic every week. So I don't think it'd be fear of playing against Holland because they get thrown in against Leon and it was not, not hiding or anything. I don't think he's a guy who'll go and hide or he'll try and go on the ball and make things work and he might. Mm. But I can't see him. I can see him playing maybe Armstrong up, off Seattle's uh, up front just because of the Southampton link maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's a good point, John. I, strangely enough, we've spoken about Christie, we've spoken about McGinn, McGregor, McTominay, the one player who's not yeah. really uh, come into the reckoning too much is uh, is Stuart Armstrong. And he's just had a sensational season with Southampton, <laughs> he's hasn't he? Player. He's an absolute brilliant player. He can get he can get you a goal. He's, he's up and down the pitch. Um, but going back a little bit to your initial point with Turnbull, he, he's been excellent in that tip, you know, in, in the front of that diamond there, right on the tip, in behind a front two or even a one at times. Um, and he's he's naturally, I think he's he's naturally ready for it because he's one of the plus points I think for Celtic in the second half of the season. The, um, recently there, that would get you a goal. Um, that was full of energy um, at his first real run in the team at Celtic. But that position in behind a Che Adams uh, or, or a Linden or, or a Dykes um, is ideal for him mm-hmm. because that's his natural game. He likes to break off the front and get himself in the box, gamble, get run in between uh, opposing defenders and try and get on the end of a finish. And you look at Scotland, have they got many of them? Ones like a, you know, like a Frank Lampard type of player, the ones who used to burst into the box, you know, thrived on goals, wants to take free kicks, 
dead ball situations, outstanding, great technical quality. So he is perfect for the role. It's just a case of what what will Steve Clark decide to do? There are other good players in and around him to choose. But I think you're right, John. I think Turnbull is 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 ready made for that position. And, and and maybe tomorrow night is the right game to play him in because the Dutch will play their football. They won't be too bothered about Scotland, mm-hmm. really. Uh, and maybe in those sort of games, you actually get more room in the attacking areas, more time to to create than you get against a Luxembourg, who are probably going to put a lot of defenders around Scotland and try and stop Scotland playing. Yeah. To counteract that, it's interesting because I think it's going to be different though when you play for Celtic and you play for Scotland because I think out of possession is more important for Scotland than it is for Celtic. You know, it's Turnbull's fantastic on the ball. He creates chances for his teammate. He can shoot. He's got a great shot outside the box and inside the box. You know, he's a natural finisher from midfield. But what is he like out of possession? Um, I think that's probably the, a great thing for Steve Clark to look at in these training sessions, um, how to know their role. Because when you play for Celtic, John, you'll yeah. know, um, and obviously John on, on the call there, you've got a lot of the ball, so you don't really need to do much defending, um, especially an attacking player. So it's going to be a different scenario when you're playing for Scotland. Um, he's out of possession. How can he cope with that dynamic? I, I, I don't think that's uh, that is something that I think uh, David Turnbull will have to be told uh, and have to be disciplined in terms of being out of possession. I think at Celtic they tried to get on the front foot. Um, the likes of Scott Brown, McGregor were doing a lot of his donkey work for mm-hmm. him. They were naturally deeper as players, which allowed then Turnbull to move forward when it breaks down. He's not blessed with a magnificent engine in terms of getting around the field, Turnbull. Um, so, you know, he had problems getting himself fit. He had to get up to speed initially when he arrived at Celtic and then after Christmas... Although he, maybe he Celtic too long, took too long to get him in yeah. the team, John. Yeah, possibly, uh, yeah. you know, you yeah. look at it, you could say that, yeah. Um, yeah, let's see, John, John Hamilton. <laughs> You're going to have to be John Hamilton and John Hartson. Yeah. Um, John, did, did you feel that, that, that Celtic were a bit slow to get Turnbull in the team? Yes, I thought he should have been in right away because they wanted him for we chased him all year, didn't they? Yeah. So uh, I seen a flaggered why he wasn't in the team. But one of the reasons they give John. One of the reasons they give. Sorry for interrupting. One of the reasons that Celtic gave was he doesn't look fit enough. I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't. I really couldn't understand that. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I I think he could. He should have been in. He didn't come into the team just at you know December, Christmas time, whatever it was, and he made an immediate impact. Yeah. But the word coming out of coming out of Celtic Park was, he, he's he's not quite ready yet. He's not quite yeah. ready to go and play ninety minutes. So I couldn't understand that. I'd like Scotland to be bold with him. I'd like Scotland to to use him because I I just think he could do damage. I think I, I think he I, believes I think, in himself big time, doesn't he, John? I think he's the kind of guy who can walk, even give him half an hour, come off the bench. I think he's got that colour pass, or he can find a pass. Mm-hmm. Would you put him on, John, if Scotland were winning? Mm, maybe not. Maybe I, yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's not, maybe he's not. <laughs> no, I'm just yeah. asking that question because, you know, when as I said, play for Celtic, play for Scotland, it's going to be different, isn't it? You know, it's possession-based team, no disrespect to Scotland, but there's going to be times when you just have to defend and defend well. Um, out of possession, it's going to be different. Um, do you then always put him on then when the team is losing? Um, because he can open gaps and he is a fantastic player um, in the final third and you've obviously alluded to that as well. Uh, so you, you would like to see Turnbull come in, you know, but then who are you sacrificing for that then? Well, 
that's a hard one because you've got McGregor, you've got McTominay in that, so it's a hard one. Got McGinn. Depends on what time. You got depends on how the game is, isn't it? So what yeah, you do. that's why I said, you know, the, the, do you put, do you bring him on when the team's winning or do you bring him on when the team's maybe needing a goal? Um, I think you'll maybe see more a tumble when when the team needs a goal. And this is the time to have a look at these yeah. things. Steve Clark will be, you know, rubbing his hands together. I've got all these options. I've got all these great players at my disposal. Mm-hmm. You know, and the main the main focus is that first game, the Czech Republic. All right, you want to be competitive against Holland and Luxembourg the next two games, but ultimately you are preparing for that for that first eleven. And it's great for Steve Clark. We we are discussing Turnbull. We've we've watched Stuart Armstrong's come in the equation. Yeah, and it's fantastic. You know, you've really got a strong group of players. I want to ask John um, about what what you're thinking, John, about uh, Callum McGregor uh, off the back of the season that he's had. Obviously, his 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 form has been dragged down by Celtic as a collective, and how they have performed. Uh, do you worry about him and the shape he's in for Scotland, or do you think he will be refreshed by having the season of his nightmares being over? Yeah, I think he'll be refreshed and ready to go. Just a quality player. You can't afford to leave him out. I agree with you, John. I think I think he's done. Ever, I think he's done excellent every time he stepped in for Scotland. I think he's done terrific. Um, and again, John will know this, it's a, just a different environment. Um, obviously, the pressures of Celtic, you know, it's a new changing room, different manager, you know, he can he can go and express himself, different style of play. Um, as Steve Clark said, everybody knows their roles, you know, he knows the roles next to the, the player that's next to him. Um, and he, and I don't see why we're, we should be maybe talking about does Callum McGregor step out of the team, I think. He should be one of the first names in the team sheet for me because he is, John said, he's a fantastic footballer. And sometimes you take for granted what you've already got and what you've had. And I think obviously Callum would say to himself he's had a better seasons before. But at the same time, the whole team was struggling at Celtic. So it's hard to play and perform well, especially as a defensive midfielder, John, or a defender, to, to say you've done really well for a team that's struggling. Um, are not performed to their maximum all right in an attacking sense it might be a bit better but when we spoke about Turnbull but I think Callum McGregor is a fantastic footballer and should be one of the teams one of the names in the, the team sheet for me I yeah, think I think he's I think he's a great, got great character hasn't he Callum McGregor you know character. you know he doesn't he's not a he's not a guy that panics at all in any situation I don't think and 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 I would imagine Stevie Clark probably sees him and Scott McTominay as the core of the Scotland team yeah, yes, you could say that. McGregory and McTominay, you know, um, as part of a, of a three or in front of the back four. Um, but I think with Callum McGregor, he, he's such a good, it's going to sound strange to the listeners, but such a good footballer. Yeah. You know, he, he uses the ball really well. He has that quick little glance over his shoulder when he goes and gets it, when he's in tight positions. He's very, very brave. I don't mean brave, Rob, in terms of going around and smashing people and kicking people into the touch. That Being brave is when you go a goal down and, and you're up against it. The team are not playing that well and he's still showing to his back four yep. that he wants the ball. He never goes and hides. And he's just a magnificent... He's, he's a type of player you just love watching because you can see he just wants to play football. Yeah. The lad just wants to go and get on the ball and play, you know? And you're talking about him being Celtic, the next Celtic captain. Yeah, he reads know? the game so well, huh? Yeah, Callum McGregor. You can see he sees the yeah. picture before oh, the, yeah. the next picture, yeah. and that's what you need. If you've seen the last Scotland game when Tierney and Robertson were bombing on and attacking, you know Callum McGregor was filling the mm. filling the role in games 
for yeah. him. You know, he was occupying the space that they were leaving for behind, yeah. and you, that's what good footballers do. You know, they see the picture, and um, you can understand why he's much admired by the likes of Brendan Rodgers yes. uh, and others who who would uh, who would happily take him on board. Uh, in, presumably, uh, John in Hamilton, you you would you would see uh, Callum as a, as a big part of the the Celtic rebuild in terms of pieces that you already have in place. Yeah, obviously I think he's he's the sign of your team, isn't he? Him and Tumbo and to build around that. You've got to build around him. I just think he plays playing in a different role this year for Celtic, which didn't suit him. Well, more defensively, you think, John? I think he should have been thrown forward a bit more. Yes, John, yeah. I do as well. Yeah. I thought that. It, because he's such a good passer, yep. you know, that little bit forward, he, he can be a bit more destructive in terms of the opposition. Yeah, he's sometimes he's... he's... Uh, right, Rob, I need, to, I need to drop it out. Oh, he needs to go. Are you off Yes. Right, good having you on the show. Cheers, John. That was excellent. Bye-bye. <laughs> Cheers, John. See All the like best. John. That is John and Hamilton talking. I've been hung up before, Rob. I'm feeling I'm a, feeling a sense of rejection, to, <laughs> uh, to be honest. Car, John's car was on a double yellow, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think, yeah. His, his time is up. Um, just talking about uh, ha- uh, McGregor's importance yeah, there yeah. to Celtic and... Uh, the, the Celtic rebuild is going to be fascinating there's talk of Chris Iyer at the moment mm-hmm. um, Newcastle apparently if, if the rumour machine is to be believed are, are putting a bid together which is probably not the sort of money that Celtic would have been thinking about last season uh, for, for Chris Iyer John well he's only got a year left in his contract yeah. um, so you either you either cash in now is, is it six months time you could then go and you can speak, speak to you players you can do a pre-contract yeah. at that stage and, um, so, listen, if Seller can get him to sign a new deal, but, uh, you know, I, I heard some somebody something said the other week that he's been wanting to leave um, in terms of, you know, he's had a sniff of a few clubs. Uh, his agent, you know, would have been getting on to him. It's, it'd be a big shame if we've allowed... It's Celtic's, it's Celtic's uh, own it's, wrongdoing yeah. because how comes they've let his contract run down to a year? You know, if the boy doesn't just blatantly refuses to sign a new deal... There's not an awful lot you can do, and if yeah. he makes his mind up that he's going to run his contract down, but and I think Ryan Christie's in the same boat, isn't he? I mean, and the Southampton yeah. I think are showing an interest in him at the moment, um, and it's going to be really disappointing for Celtic and their supporters if they don't get top dollar, if they don't get the 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 re, the right price as they see it. But that's all about contractual business, John, isn't it? It's getting people signed up at the right time. You have to decide early on whether you want to keep them or you're going to sell them. Of course you do, and if you are going to get any type of decent money, you're going to get it with a year left on their contract because the buying club would also have to buy, you know, buy out his contract, pay what they value, what he's worth. But then they could simply say through an agent, "Look, let your contract run run down for the next six months, and we get you on a free, and then we pay you a king's ransom because we haven't got to pay." If, say, for instance, Chris Ferreira was worth 12, 15 million two years ago. All of a sudden, they can say, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We am going to pay £15 million for you, but we'll give you £8 million in wages if we can get you on a free. That's the, that's the whole idea yeah. of, of letting your contract run down. This is what clubs will do. They'll give you the fee as part of your wages. So then that's when that's when players potentially fill their boots and that's what makes them for life. Celtic on the rebuild and still looking for a new manager. Rangers announcing a new share issue today. And of course we're looking ahead to Scotland 
against the Netherlands. That's tomorrow night. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. For the travel and he's back in about 20 minutes to give you an update on that as well. We're 24 at 24 hours even uh, away from Scotland against the Netherlands. First of two warm-up games before the Euros. It's Luxembourg on Sunday and then it's the real thing. Scotland against the Czech Republic 13 days away. Not that we're counting. Yes, of course we are. Uh, Stevie Clark having to deal with uh, the fact that John Fleck is out of tomorrow night at least uh, because he's tested positive for COVID-19. He's in isolation. Everyone else has uh, tested negative, so everyone else is in contention to be involved in that game uh, tomorrow night. And uh, we've been talking, of course, in the course of the show about the likes of uh, Billy Gilmore and David Turnbull and Nathan Patterson. Um, will these young players be involved? I think it's good. Uh, like I said uh, earlier on, the, the intensity, the, the work, the quality in the training session has been really good. And I think that comes with one or two new face, new faces coming in, and the lads realising that always a certainty that you're going to get picked. For you know, you have to work for it. You have to get your, you have to do well for your club. You have to do well when you are picked for the country. You have to come here. You have to work hard every day. So nice to freshen the squad up. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? That freshening up exercise, but uh, it's more than that. And once you're in the squad, then you want to play. We've sp- spoken a lot about David Turnbull when uh, John and Hamilton uh, gave us a call a few minutes ago and then rang off rather hurriedly <laughs> as well. Billy Gilmore, we've spoken about possibly breathing down the neck of Callum McGregor for a, a central midfield berth. The one we haven't spoken about so far is Nathan Patterson, who's a confident guy as well. He's only 19, but like Billy Gilmore, he's 19. Uh, really full of confidence. Um, obviously, he didn't feature in the last few games of the season, which which might have helped his case. But uh, once you're in training, once you're under the nose of Stevie Clark, um, and you might get a chance, he might get a chance in one of these two upcoming games, Chris, anything's possible. Of course it is, and he'll, he'll judge it on performances um, on the on the training field as, much, as, as well as, obviously, what the, the, the team and the group have done in the games and Nathan Patterson you're right we've not spoke about him and he's, he, he does seem a class act um, he seems as if he's more mature than his actual age only 19 years of age and the reason why he hasn't been playing as much for Rangers is because he's got James Tavenier um, arguably uh, the best the best player in the SPFL uh, so it's hard to take his take a, take his place but when he did step in he done fantastic played in an old firm played in Europe scored in Europe so I think you might actually see him feature as well in these two games. Um, competition's fierce. Uh, I heard Stephen O'Donnell talking about it. He's glad he got the number two, but he was trying to push Nathan Parson into the midfield because he was <laughs> that comfortable on the ball yeah. um, or push him to the left-hand side. So it just shows you the quality that the, the kid has at 19 years of age and not scared as well with the amount of you know big characters that are in in that group he's played in European games he's scored in a European game he's played in the old firm match John as well so for, for one so young and he hasn't got many games under his belt but, he, but he's got some big games under his belt already yeah and I have to say he really impressed didn't he when he came in in the absence of um, of uh, James Tavernier um, he didn't look out the place he looked very comfortable going forward defending good engine on him and uh, hence being called up for the senior Scotland squad um, so I, I think he could feature you know he, he could feature on that right hand side you know you, I know you've got O'Donnell there at the minute who's a really good player but listen everybody who's in that squad like Jack Hendry James Forrest we haven't mentioned 
they will all be called upon or they'll be read they need to be ready to be called upon if they get the opportunity mm-hmm. and I think all of them are more than capable of going in and doing very well it's just sorry Joe, we spoke about before you said obviously I heard Stephen Gerrard talk about maybe they'll play Nathan Patterson and James Tavernier on the same team on the same side mm-hmm. and I heard John talking about you know Tierney and Robertson. Robertson playing in that sort of formation where you could play one one forward. Do you see that that could be a possibility for Scotland then? Possibly. It all depends, obviously, how you're going to go in terms of formation wise. But I think with the reason why I say it with Robertson and Tierney is because you've almost got that situation anyway. As we said earlier, you've got Kieran Tierney left of a of a back three, left side of a back three. And then you've got Robertson basically outside him as a, a left-sided mm-hmm. wing-back. So, and when you've got two world-class players, two of your two of your top, top draw players at your disposal, like Steve Clark has, I think sometimes you've got to just find a way of getting them in the team. Mm-hmm. They're such good footballers who can both go forward, they can both defend. Um, you may well see it on that on that right hand side. I'm not I'm I'm more confident. That if if Scotland were to go to a four, they would they would play possibly Teeny at left back or Robertson more so at left back, and then Teeny a little bit advanced on that left hand side. Do you think Tierney's best position is left back? Because I'm only asking that question because everybody thought he was just a left back. Mm. I don't think Kieran Tierney's best position is left back. No, I think his best position is probably three different positions. Yeah. You'd, you'd want three yeah. uh, Kieran Tierney's ideally. No disrespect to anybody yeah. else. I think he likes to bomb on. He's got a magnificent engine. His delivery is exceptional. And he's a wonderful defender. Direct as well. He's just a great and, footballer, and isn't he? He's one-on-one on, one on one against. He gets really low if, he, if you're going against him. He gets really low and he's balanced in, mm-hmm. you know, in, in terms of choosing when he's trying to go and nick the ball. I love seeing him marauding down that left-hand side. We saw him do it for Celtic, scoring Champions League goals, just getting in them sort of advanced positions. Um, I quite like the, the, the swap-over too. I quite yeah. like that. Th- I think that's evolving in the Scotland yep. team, isn't it? That that swap-over like between Robert... If Tierney goes, yep. even when he's been left centre-back, uh, he's yeah. bursted down the left wing. Overlapping, yeah. and And Andy Robertson just fills in. It's like a lopsided, you know, left-hand side. It's a bit more... More um, like a like a hook, isn't it? You know, mm. you can see where Robertson and Tierney might be more advanced than the other side. As much as Adonno likes to go on the right hand side, but when you've got, as John says, the two players, you want to get them on the ball yeah. as much as possible, and to deliver it, to get get a delivery as much as possible. If you actually seen the last game, I think Tierney got three assists. Um, I think two were from crosses. Uh, one was into Chi Adams, who scored a fantastic goal with a great turning shot. Yeah. Um, so. Tierney seemed to be a bit more advanced than Robertson and that's um, but maybe that's just how the game planned out so maybe teams against us Rob will be looking to isolate that left hand side yeah. and play more down the right hand side yeah. that's the problem that Scotland may yeah. face now that, that we've got that great amount of talent in the team there are people are looking yeah. at us I think teams will worry uh, about Kieran Tierney in particular uh, because of the form he's been producing this season for for Arsenal and for Scotland as well. But let's talk Celtic uh, for a moment. News, uh, by the way, that uh, Carlo Ancelotti has left Everton to rejoin Real Madrid. That's gone through. And there is speculation uh, that who is one of the contenders for the Everton job now but a certain Eddie Howe. 
who I think uh, supported Everton as a kid and there is talk of him going there he's not going to Celtic we know that for sure uh, we know that Ange Postig, Postikoglu uh, is <laughs> well I was close anyway is uh, currently the man in the frame will that happen this week uh, Craig Moore was on the show uh, last night reckoning it could happen in the next couple of days the Greek born Australian uh, one thing that's not going to be happening as far as Celtic are concerned it seems is that Fergal Harkin is going to be director of football. It seems as if he is going to be remaining in his role at Manchester City, uh, and that will not be happening now. And that's something that uh, I think Regan wants to talk about. Hi, Regan. Hey, Ross, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm well, thanks. How are you? I'm doing good, yeah. Good, good man. What are you thinking? I'm just thinking, Fergal, I can have for you, the one that brought in twice the conclude, but now I'm thinking that. Celtic need to go for someone like Roy Keane because Rob I, I want to ask John and Chris this question but see if there was a player joining our club who would you join would you join Steven Gerrard or, or Poster Cobbler because for yeah. me Celtic need to Celtic need to attract a big name but see Roy Keane or someone with a bigger attraction yeah that's a fair point John what do you, th- what do you think well yeah I think Roy Keane has been mentioned previously Reagan, hasn't he? He's been mentioned previously before Eddie Howe was obviously their number one target and then Roy was obviously dismissed from that uh, in terms of a target because the the plan B would have been um, uh, Postacoglu. So obviously Ange would have been the next one in their mind, obviously. I don't know how Roy would feel about that. You know, he's he's got one manager and Eddie Howe and Postacoglu, another manager. They put these big names before Roy. I don't know how we think about that. Mm. But, but, I th- but I think, I mean, Regan's basic point there, he's throwing in Roy Keane again into the equation, but but he's talking about, yeah. you know, a big name, you know, someone to rival Steven Gerrard in terms of box office and magnetism, I guess, the, the sort of person, personality, the, the profile that brings players in. Steven Gerrard obviously could do it already, even more so now he's won the title by a country mile. Do Celtic need to come up with a name? Yeah. You know, and, and clearly our, our friend Ange, you know, for a lot of people here unheard of, and, and I know we can be ignorant of, of what happens yeah. out, out, out with these borders, but, but, you know, it's not a name that's exciting the Celtic fans. Will, it, will he be able to to bring the type of player Celtic need to come we, back at Rangers. We know what, what Roy is about. We know he's a no-nonsense character. Um, he speaks like he played, uh, doesn't suffer fools. Um, his standards are ridiculously high, where they should be anyway at a club like Celtic. And I'm not too sure in terms of when Roy was mentioned a few months ago, one or two fans were like, not quite sure, not quite sure. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be totally against Roy Keane getting get the post. I think he'd ruffle a few feathers along the way. Um, I think it'd be quite enjoyable. But listen, Roy Keane. I would imagine if it's put to him, you know, I think he'd walk on broken glass to manage Celtic. Yeah, Chris, what are you thinking? That that point about Celtic yeah. needing somebody established and known with a with a profile who's going to bring top players in. If if a if a top player from down south is thinking that that maybe Rangers or Celtic is the way to go and a move to the Scottish Premiership is the way to go. Do you sign for Steven Gerrard or or do you sign for Angie? Yeah, but would, 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 have, would the player have said that before Steven Gerrard 
what well, when Gerard got appointed because he was unknown himself. He needed his chance. He had only probably I think managed the eighteens level mm. and then walked in. Um, did then does a player want to go to to Rangers or Celtic? Um, then so you could argue that point as well, Rob. And obviously uh, Regan said. But I just think sometimes us, no disrespect to to anybody, but in Scotland we sometimes get caught up in the goldfish bowl and we, we kind of want to stick to the same names all the time. Mm. I think we should think outside the box and I think the reason being is because football is changing ever so much. You know, it's it's, it's getting more open-minded, it's modernising so much. You know, it's, I don't know how to use that word, is it innovative? innovative, innovative? Is that right? Innovative. Innovation. We'll just yeah. call it that. Yeah, let's go. Um, and I just think we have to think about that. Um, and I think Postacoglu, as I said, Pep Guardiola. You've said, gone from innovative to Postacoglu, which wasn't yeah, bad going. I've done all right there. So cool. I think, you know, Regan, I think we have to sometimes be open minded. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, I think yeah. managers in the past have come in and done well, and you've probably thought to yourself, well, who's that? Um, you see it now more so in England and Scotland just now where people are getting chances now that you've never really heard of because of their style of play, because of their identity, they know what they're doing. I think it's more tactical and technical now. Um, it's kind of getting more like the NFL, if I'm honest. So I think Postacoglu is going to be, if he does get the job, I think definitely Celtic fans should back him and give him the opportunity. And you never know, it could be a blessing in disguise that Eddie Howe didn't want this job. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, um, maybe more worrying, John Hartson, than 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 who the next head coach is, and and probably we do know now. But then we thought it was Eddie Howe for the last three months, so who knows if this is actually going to happen? Uh, but but time is against Celtic. You know, in terms of getting targets nailed down, getting them signed up. Uh, I mean, you've been you're you're looking ahead to the the Champions League qualifiers, and and Celtic could have it tough, couldn't they? And in, in terms of what they're up against, so. Celtic need to be up and running by the by the beginning of July, don't they? For the, for those for those European games, that that's a month away. Well, absolutely, and they they are so important these European you know these European qualifiers because sometimes, as we've experienced before, you're going into these games and the opposition are 10, 15 games into their into their respective seasons in whatever countries they they are from. Um, so you've got to get the players up to speed. There's so much to do in terms of an appointing a captain, appointing a manager, appointing a director of football, his staff, who who goes, you know, contract situations, financial situations, um, you know. So in terms of what players worth, who, who's negotiating all these things at the minute? Dominic Mackay, John Kennedy is still at the club, obviously playing. A, I would think a big role at the minute, um, you know, putting his two pennies in in terms of what he thinks. So there's an enormous amount of work to be done. And when he thinks that they lost the league by, what, 23 points? 25. 25, but 23 when the league was called, wasn't it? With 25 overall. This season? Was it 25? This season, 25. When it was called? No, well, okay. it went the course, didn't it? Yeah. Um, so when you think they've got all this... Um, in terms of what the fans want, and they are absolutely desperate for a reaction from from Celtic. And at this moment in time, we look we look all over the place. We, there's, you know, we don't look as if, you know, I'm sure there's work going on in mm. in in the background. Of course, it is behind the scenes. But um, at this moment in time, I'm not too sure about Ange. I need to think about it a bit more. Um, you know, I need to think about it, do a little bit more. I know. 
I know some of the clubs that he, that he's managed, obviously in Australia, five years with the under twenties, couple of years with the under twenty ones. Yeah, but so it, he's got good coaching credibility. He does, but but this is real pressure for him. This is. Is he ready for, for what's about to greet him if he does take this job, Chris? Because there ain't much, he hasn't got much time on his side. Yeah. He's got a lot to yeah. do in the next month. Yeah, he has. No matter what manager comes in, they've got a lot to do in the next month. They're yeah. asking a lot, aren't they? That's why I think it took Steven Gerrard three seasons to get a title, to build things. You know, I think Celtic fans have to be a little bit patient, John. Um, I really do. I think if they just compete with Rangers and not accept to be second, but to, as long as they close the gap, maybe win a trophy, then they, you can they, see that not, as a they're building not accept, process. They're not going to accept but that. But why not? Well, if they're not happy with their team just now and they say that they're a mess, then how can they turn that over in the space of four weeks and they'll get a manager? Well, it's a good question, isn't it? It's the Go Radio Football Show. Chris Burke and John Hartson with Rob McLean. And uh, we've got about 18 minutes to go. We're going to be talking Scotland uh, again. We're going to be talking Celtic again. And we're going to be shining the light in the eyes of Chris Burke and asking him what happens next. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. It's the Go Radio Football Show. Scotland against the Netherlands tomorrow night, 7.45 kickoff. It's in Portugal. There will be no John Fleck, who has tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, we've just been talking uh, about Celtic and uh, how they recover from uh, not landing Eddie Howe as manager. Is it going to be Ange Postikoglu, the Greek-born Australian? It certainly appears to be in the frame. Advanced talks, apparently, Uh trying to bring him to the club. And certainly uh, Craig Moore, the former uh, Rangers defender, the former Australian international, very much part of this Go Radio football show, was uh, on the show last night and talking uh, about the prospects for his fellow countrymen. Uh, I've had sure. some conversation, and not not telephone conversation, but we, we've had some texts going back and forward about the, the scenario that, that hopefully yeah. for, for Ange will, uh, will play out uh, in a successful way. And again, people will maybe say, oh, well, what knowledge does he have of Scottish football? But you've got to remember that he was a national team coach and he was watching Jackson Irvine when he was playing at Ross County. He was watching Tommy Rogic when he was at Celtic. He knows plenty about the Scottish game. Knows plenty about the Scottish game. How quickly, uh, I wonder, could it happen? He's currently involved in Japanese football. Uh, compensation could be involved. Uh, how long a process might that be? Look, I, I think that the only thing that potentially is holding this back is compensation. Now, he's under contract, obviously, at his club, and I imagine that that's what they're, they're working through at, at this moment in time. But if he is the man, which, again, the press, is, uh, the media has been very, very strong, then I would be pretty confident within three to five days this is a concluded deal. Craig Moore, very positive um, about him. He knows, obviously, I think he, I think he managed Craig at Brisbane Roar uh, when he was there. Um, he's certainly on the show last night, very positive uh, about the, the man that Celtic are chasing at the moment. Uh, but they put themselves under real pressure, haven't they, Celtic? Because they chased Eddie Howe for so long, John, and it didn't happen. No, and they have to go now to the to the next choice, who is who is um, Ange Postecoglou, and um, you know, as Craig just alluded to, there, there will be a compensation package to get him out of his current contract at uh, Yoko Yokohama. Well done. And uh, <laughs> you know, listen, don't forget, playing managing in Japan. You know, Japanese, they, they got Yokohama is one of the biggest clubs in Japan. Yeah. 
you know, you'd be playing under pressure there as mm. well. Nothing like yeah. you'll face here, of course. I'd, He's not ready it, for the Glasgow Goldfish Bowl, though, is he? Of course, but, you know, the crowds would be huge, I would imagine. And, you know, there's pressure when you're managing at, at you know, any level. But, uh, you know, and, and the sooner the better. I think the sooner the better. If it is this, this gentleman, Ange, uh, if it is him, then let's get him in. Let's get organised. Let's get everything, you know, players that are leaving, players that are coming in. You know, let's get some players over the line. Let's let's recruit really well. I know we, there's a bit of a time frame now, and we, we know we're up against it a little bit, but there are European qualifiers to come. There's a European Championships now that go on for a month. You know, the best part of six weeks, start July the 11th, finish... Uh, uh, sorry, June the 11th, finish July the 11th. So that'll, that'll take over football in general uh, because of the impact the Euros always has. Um, but the sooner, the better. And let's hope the compensation package... The contract talks, the staff. Let's all go. Let's hope that it goes a little bit more smoother than obviously it went when uh, when Celtic tried so desperately. We believe, we understand, to get Eddie Howe in as the manager. And there'll be a lot of transfer business getting done in course of the Euros, uh, Chris, yeah. because there'll, there'll be players that we haven't even heard of, to be honest, who we will see and be impressed by. Um, and there will be loads of competing clubs, uh, maybe including Celtic, trying to get their hands on one of these new talents. I think John raised a great point there. I think, you know, having the Euros could be a little bit of a blessing in disguise for Celtic in their recruitment aspect because I think a lot of the business might be done after. Um, so that gives them a little bit of time to get their manager in place and then recruit the players that they want. Uh, Postacoglu, I'm sure no matter if you're in Japan or anywhere, if you've got an eye for a player, you've got an eye for a player. And mm. I'm sure he has got an eye for a player. And, it's just interesting to see what will happen with Postacoglu. Does he bring in as many staff as what we hear that Eddie Howe wanted? Or is he happy just to come and inherit the group that he's got? Because uh, if it is, then maybe he's already in communication with John Kennedy and they're, they're talking to each other about what players they're ta- he's, he's targeted. Um, are they in agreement of that? So I, I, I think the Euros might actually help Celtic a little bit you know there always is a player in the Euros that that you've never heard of before and they get a big money move you know signing for a club like Real Madrid or Barcelona or Bayern Munich or something like that or somewhere in England so it's a great pool to go and watch players um, that they might have not heard of in countries that might be lesser um, favourites for the group that you can you can pluck I've got an eye for a top player as well Thirty-seven-year-old uh, Chris Burke. Uh, where's he going to be next season? And Oof. and do you have some agonising to go to go through in the next few weeks to to decide what happens next for you? Yeah. So you know, I think that you know the club we had a good communication, which I always have done with the manager. He's been great with me and James Fowler. Um, they've been very very patient. And after the the game, you know, we had a chat. Um, it was it was announced that you know I would be considering my future, and I think. That's the only thing I can do now, Rob. I couldn't give anybody an answer on what I'm going to do in the future. Only one thing I can say is I do want to play uh, still. I know obviously you've mentioned there that I'm 37 years of age. That's no <laughs> uh, secret. But I, 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 I don't feel 37. Well, so, you don't look at it and you so, don't play like oh, it, to well, be thank honest. Thank you, thank you. Um, it's a good plug for me. So, uh, you know, the question is, will it be at Kamarnock or will it be someday somewhere else? Um, I think the, the important thing for me is after that disappointment that everyone had at Kilmarnock that you, when you make your decision you take the as much as you can the emotion side out of it um, I've, 
no matter what the, the time that I've had, Kamarnock and the way they've treated me has been excellent. Um, I couldn't speak so much highly of the football club, so I have to take a lot into consideration. You know, the, the, another problem is obviously, you know, the, let's not there's an elephant in the room. They you know the, the the club have, have obviously got relegated, so I know the club still want me there, and the manager still wants me there, and, and the likes of James Fowler still wants me there. So it's that you know itch of trying to play at the top level as long as you can. Just thinking there, I mean, one big plus for Kilmarnock in terms of bouncing back is Tommy Wright. I must, I must admit that at the time of the games, I don't, I haven't a clue what his contractual situation is at Kilmarnock. But I just wondered uh, whether he would be there uh, next season, whether that would be the right thing for him to do, or whether he was already committed to doing it anyway. Whatever happened, I'm, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But, but it seems as if he is going to be there, Tommy Wright, next season. He is starting to to rebuild the squad, um, and just the very fact that Tommy Wright is in ch- running the show at Kilmarnock would give you a fair bit of confidence that Killy can bounce back? Of course. Um, as I said, you know, I've, since the manager's come in, he's been fantastic with me. You know, we've got great, a great connection with each other. You know, we, we, we speak a lot. So um, I think it's the right thing to keep Tommy Wright at Kilmarnock. Um, I think they're in great hands. Um, already he's, 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 he's on the recruitment side. He's, he's been second to none. I think he's got Ewan Murray from... From Dunfermline, who's been a great asset for Dunfermline and now at Kilmarnock. Yeah. Um, he actually scored a couple of goals against us, obviously. But, you know, I, I, I think there's one thing that, that Kilmarnock have now is they're in good hands. Um, and I, I, I know it will be difficult to bounce back because it's not easy. No. There's great clubs there. Um, there is talk of, obviously, people spoke about there's not much difference between the bottom six and and the, um, the championship top half, I, th- I think they're right in that. Um, uh, so I think, you know, it will be difficult, but I think it's definitely in Kamala's hands and they've, they've got the right man in the job. So, Scott, uh, Kilmarnock in good hands, Scotland in good hands as well. Stevie Clark, the man who took us to our first major finals in 23 years, and good hands in good hands as well in terms of the captaincy. Andy Robertson. It's a massive honour being captain of this country. Um, but it's an even bigger honour because I know how good these these boys are in terms of off the pitch and on the pitch. And it's an honour to be able to lead them out. And that's always going to be the biggest honour for this squad. Being the captain of the country is good enough. But when you've got so many good good boys in this squad, so many good players, but good people as well, then you know being able to lead them out and walk out in front of them is, is always a huge honour. And the closer it gets, the more I'll think about it. But being captain in any game for me is is a huge honour and the big tournament's coming and we've not been there for a long time. You won't I'll think about that closer to the time. He's just great, isn't he? Andy Robertson. Yeah. Love listening to him talking. He's always very grounded. Um, he's a great leader. And uh, obviously it's a great squad and and the, the, the phrase that keeps coming back to you whenever you speak to anyone involved is club mentality. It's just like uh, meeting up with some old pals uh, and, and obviously, John, getting down to business. Yeah, well, when you play well for your club, you, you want to take that form then into your, uh, when you're playing for your national team. That's exactly what, what the manager would want. Sometimes, even if you're not at your best with your club, you've got to go and be even better. It's an opportunity to go away, different environment, different players, um, that more of a relaxing feeling, if you like, certainly with the friendly games. Um, and it's 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 a good way to get away from if you're struggling at your club to go and play for the national team 
in a different and, and a be different, reinvigorated. Yeah, yeah, in a different environment, you know, meet up with old old friends, old players, and things like this. But it would be a really, you know, you can tell it's a massive honour for Andy Robertson to lead his country as captain into the Euros. I I was I did it once for Wales. We played at Swansea City. John Toshak in charge. And he threw the armband to me. It was Gary Speed, God rest his soul, who was the natural captain. Mm. But I did it the once, and I had 51 caps, and it was the most special night of my life. I've still kept the armband. Um, I've still kept the shirt, obviously yeah. framed at home. And uh, it's a huge honour. Scotland's a very proud country. They love their football here. And there's been some great captains over the years that have led Scotland you know, out, uh, you know, in terms of national tournaments. So you can tell, you can tell in Andy's voice that he's... Uh, He's very proud to do yeah. that because there's many other players in that group. You can look; he could have been captain. Yeah, there's he loads of leaders. Absolutely, yeah. and uh, you ultimately you don't want just one captain. You want yeah. five or six out there. And obviously, you're a, a great leader in Stevie Clark, who mm, you know so well from from his time at Kilmarnock. And what's the approach going to be from him tomorrow night in this game against the Dutch, Chris? Just the same as what they've always done um, since he's took charge. You know, a slow progression, but progression in the right way and the team have done ever so well since he's took charge he's got the team and delivered what his, his objective was and he'll, he'll not put any pressure in, or added pressure onto the, the players that they, they need they, they know their roles they're comfortable in what they do and let's hope we get good results before the actual campaign starts Chris thanks very much John as well thanks to you for listening Craig Moore we heard from there is with us Thursday uh, tomorrow night Paul Barry Ferguson Davey Proven ahead of kickoff tomorrow night uh, a Scotland tackle uh, the Dutch in Portugal live at five I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy Gary what a job you did out there today oh, it, was, it was unbelievable you saw the customers faces when that boiler went in it was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five.